this week on Dig Me Out. With your hosts, Jason Zia and Tim Minichi. Jay, we're back again with another episode. Thanks to our Dig Me Out Union on Patreon. You can help us make the next episode happen by joining us at dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com. And Jay, speaking of the union, we have two new union members. Nice. Patrick Carter and Taylor Kehi. Sorry if I mispronounced that, Taylor. Kehi. 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 I don't know, but thank you yes. for joining us. And thank you for becoming a part of the union. Uh, hope you get to vote in these polls we've got going, which is what this episode's all about. And uh, Jay got a little COVID brain, so you might need to like say, "Tim, are you doing? Are you okay?" <laughs> During this, you fade off because I might just, I might just randomly, yeah, start drooling at some point. I mean, not to freak you out, but we really don't know what this virus does to brains, so. And I was already on very thin ice with mine to begin with. <laughs> so any cracks that appear are going to do some, uh, do some well, you, damage. You didn't lose your, your sense of smell, right? No, I didn't. I don't know why I said that like Christopher Walken. <laughs> no, didn't. <laughs> um, which I kind of, I think it's not a bad thing because the pills they give you uh, have a bad aftertaste that gets yeah. in the like roof of your mouth and like at the back of your throat. You just kind of can't get it out of there. No matter how, how much fruity drink stuff, you, you know, drinking water and, and Gatorade and stuff to stay hydrated. And yeah, um, I still have this weird taste in my mouth from those pills. Yeah. Someone described it as Home Depot flavored gum. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It just I'm imagining this, like uh, something like, that smells like transmission fluid or like oil and wood and paint like that weird paint like all that yeah. sort of mixed and then in a chalky gum that's stuck in your mouth. Mm. Anyway, that sounds unpleasant. Yeah. Speaking of the poll earlier that I, I did, this is a poll episode. This is one of our tournament polls. Is this the first tournament poll, Jay, or the second this is, one? This is the first uh, winner of the monthly tournament. So, Okay. How it used to work was we would do one poll per month of nine bands. And we realized, based on the number of suggestions, number of the possible suggestions also that could still be coming in, which do come in all the time, it was going to take us until the end of the sun burning out to get through... <laughs> all of these suggestions if we only did nine per month so we decided why don't we do nine per week and then do so weeks one two and three are our our group rounds and then week four is our final group where two the top two vote getters from each of the first three groups are placed into the final is that clear we got going on here so in the past our winner would have had a be the best of nine now it has to be the best of 27 for us to review it exactly so you so this record has earned it 
So for the first round, it was I'm, I'm going to go through these because this is just such a great walk through the 90s with all of these titles. Uh, Nuno Betancourt's Schizophrenic, Schizophrenic or Schizophonic. Damn you, Nuno. Uh, the Watchmen, McLaren, Furnace Room, Hi- Heat Miser, Cop and Speeder, The Matthew Goodbands, Beautiful Midnight, The Darling Buds, Erotica, Medicines, The Buried Life, I Mother Earth, Scenery and Fish, Morell's Peterbilt Angel, and Nothing Beats a Royal Flush, a compilation. The winners were Heat Miser and the Matthew Good Band in round one. In round two, we had the Poster Children's RTFM, the Hives Very Legal, uh, Punk Rock Jukebox, Various Artists comp- Compilation, and Out Come the Wolves by Rancid, People Mover by The Elevator Drops, Monroe Doctrine by Farside, Galactophonic by Tumbleweed, Mute by The Catchers, and God Damn It by The Alkaline Trio. Okay. For round two, the winners were Rancid and the Poster Children. Moving along to round three, our albums were Steve Lukather's Luke, Crush by the Doughboys, Ten Songs by I Hate Myself, Letters from Chutney by the Rainbow Butt Monkeys, which I swear to God, I thought that was the name of the band of, of, uh, of Jack Black in, <laughs> in High Fidelity. I didn't think that was a real band name. Uh, the other ones were The Sights and Sounds, The Fear and the Pain by The Staggers, Cold by Jane Weedlands, Weedlands Frosted, Music from the Adventures of Pete and Pete by Polaris, Polaris, Martinis and Bikinis by Sam Phillips, and Feeling Older Faster by Threadbare. For this round, the winners were Doughboys and Sam Phillips. So you go to the final round. Heat Miser, Matthew Goodband, Poster Children, Rancid, Doughboy, Sam Phillips, Who's It Gonna Be? Dun, 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 by a very close margin, the Doughboys Crush won with 27%, followed by, very closely, Rancid's Outcome the Wolves and the Matthew Goodband's Beautiful Midnight, both at 22%, then Sam Phillips' Martinis and Bikinis at 12%, and Heat Miser's Cop and Speeder at 5%. So that's how our first. A multi-level, multi-tier, multi-level marketing uh, pyramid <laughs> scheme uh, happened here on Dig Me Out. That's how it all. How do you went. feel about the results? Like, am I emotionally wounded by <laughs> my pick? Like, do you that- think it's a good represent- representation of like what albums we want to review? I guess. Oh yeah, I think this is a great representation of what we want to review because you have stuff like. You know, a good example would be like Rancid. Rancid had some popularity in the 90s, right. but like how many people are you walking around now that know Rancid maybe beyond like one song? Yeah. And I don't think any of the other names are household names. I think it works perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, I know there's a lot of chatter amongst the Patreon community, the DMO union, on like how these are going to play out oftentimes. I think we all have some assumption that popular bands are going to get more votes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this worked out that, you know, we had some like Matthew Good Band, I know in Canada's, you know, s- seems much more popular than here is the, than here is in the U S rancid obviously was pretty big. And then you've got some like bands with followings or some cult status like poster children and heat miser. Um, but I think 
Well, let's tell them who what won because I think that's a pretty good representation of. Uh, I did. We did. Uh, we covered that. Okay. Doughboys crush one. You know, under the radar. Oh yes, less known and worthy of digging up. Now, had you ever heard of them before? I had. Um, you know what? I I'd heard the name, but I thought it was going to be. I assumed that they were like a pop punk band, like a I don't know, a Blink One Eight Two type band, and I thought they were like later nineties. Interesting. Don't know why. I, don't the, know why. Yeah, the name had no connotation for me. I had no idea what they were going to sound like. Um, and I and the album cover, looking at it, I was like, this could be. Yeah, I mean, this could be anything. It doesn't. That could be metal. Yeah. You know. Yep. Our commenters, our patrons, our union members, they had some thoughts on this. Uh, Kyle Bittner said, going with Doughboys, they rocked the last round and deserve a shot. This time as well, Eric Peterson, going with Out Come the Wolves, a classic of the era uh, uh, that still resonates with listeners today. It's also part of the scene and genre that DMO hasn't covered much. True, we should get more into, I think the, uh, they come out of the San Francisco uh, Gel- Gilman scene. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Eric will set me straight if I'm wrong. Uh, Darren Lehman went with Matthew Goodband. The Deem went with the Doughboys. Excellent album, far less known and deserves to be heard. Sean Brown uh, said, Beautiful Midnight It Is will always be one of my favorite records. It's a stunner. Willie Dillon um, said he would be happy with Heat Miser. Poster Children, Rancid, or the Doughboys, but he went with Poster Children. Jeremy Amend said uh, Poster Children, and Stephen uh, Musinski went with Crush by the Doughboys. Joe Rowland went with, uh, well, he said Matthew Goodband or the Doughboy or the Doughboys, and he said he was going to have to choose the latter. Ladder is the second one, right? Former in the ladder. That's how that works. So it's the Doughboys yes. or Joe. Okay. We have to, I, we might have to uh, be careful here. So there's a band called The Doughboys from New Jersey, where, which features Little Steven. Wait, no. Is Wait, a, what? Little Steven is a fan of the, the Doughboys from New Jersey. This is just the band we're doing is the Canadian band just called Doughboys. Sorry, Doughboys. Doughboys. It's D-A-B-O-Y-Z, right? (laughs) Boys. The boys. And dough as in money. If you put a dollar sign, Gene Simmons will sue you. Maybe this is why I was confused. It's because there's two bands. Um... (laughs) So, uh, who else? Do you have the comments up, Jay? God, no. Oh, I'm why doing would research you... on the Doughboys? You're doing research on the Doughboys. Okay, <laughs> I will read through the uh, the rest of the uh, the comments. Whitney Beeler went with the Doughboys. Nate Smith went with Matthew Goodband. Keith Badge, Poster Children. Jeremy Amend. Now, here's where it happened. This is what happened: is there was politicking happening. People were saying, "You got to go for the Doughboys." Jeremy Amend, I changed my vote to the Doughboys. Damn. But hear me out. Doughboys album is great. How is a band with a catalog like the Poster Children missed every opportunity 
blows my mind. Another good, um, or I don't know, good, but fun aspect of these polls is um, poster children were nominated twice, and they've been nominated in the past, and they continue to lose. <laughs> I, I don't know what that means. But it's interesting. They keep getting nominated. They keep getting enough to get to that point, but not to win. You got it. You got to You got to press the flesh. That's what we happens. need a lobbyist. Yeah, you do. For poster children. Uh, and then Bill Davidson said, Sam Phillips is the only artist I've heard of. Um, so that's that was his vote. So excellent. I think this is an excellent uh, selection of albums here that anybody, I think any of these would have been interesting to review. The ones that I, you know, do know and don't know, because they're all names. Honestly, Doughboys was the only name I didn't know. Hmm. I'd heard of all of them. So, so who are they? You mentioned they're Canadian. They're from Montreal, Montreal, Quebec. Uh, formed by John Kastner in 1987, he left the band The Asexuals. They released their debut album, Whatever, on Pipeline Records, and then um, followed that up in, let's see, Home Again which was uh, 1989 that was released on sorry 88 on restless records there's gonna be some editing on this one uh there were some lineup changes around this time um brock patel was replaced um it was the drummer. It was replaced by Paul Newman, not the Paul Newman, just a gentleman named Paul Newman. <laughs> he brought the uh, salad dressing to the. Uh, he did. Rehearsals. Sort of like how I'd bring the uh, Cheryl's cookies to the Stepford Five uh, practices. <laughs> if you don't know what that's about, uh, don't worry about it. Um, so the third album, Happy Accidents, that was released in 1990. That was released on also on Restless Records. And then they were signed to AM. This was the major label signing. And they released in 1993 Crush, which is the album we're checking out. It's produced by Daniel Ray. That's spelled R E Y. Um, he was known for working with the Ramones. Um, hmm. This did get some not- uh, notoriety. Uh, won a Juno award or was nominated for Best Hard Rock Album for the Junos. Um, it is in the number 38, or, or the single Shine is number 38 on the on Chart Magazine, which is a Canadian magazine's uh, list of the top 50 Canadian songs of all time. And Shine was the theme song for Much Music's show The Wedge during the 1990s. You can't get more Canadian than that when you start bringing in <laughs> Much Music. Um. Now, interesting about that song and also about this album is uh, Wiz, who is Darren Mark Brown, who's the lead singer of indie punk band Mega City 4 in the late 80s and 90s. Um, he has co-writes on the single Shine and then the, sing- and then the song Fix Me. And I, I don't know if he was basically just like, they were friends, uh, I guess, in... He uh, came into the studio while they were working and helped write a couple songs. Um, and this was uh, 
mastered by Howie Weinberg, whose name is on like 2,500 different albums sure. for, for mastering. But, you know, it's A&M, so you get one of those big names for your mixing and your mastering and, right. and that kind of stuff when you're on the major at that point. And this comes out August 3rd, 1993. Shines the first single, single then Fix Me, Disposable, and Neighborhood Villain were also released as, as singles. Uh, so let's get into it. Let's talk about Crush by, I'll just say Doughboys instead of The Doughboys there so we don't go. get them confused tell me one thing you liked about this album jay it's a it's a solid melodic hard rock album to me you know it dips its toe into power pop at least that's what my ear hears with some of the harmonies going on here uh i think that's a differentiator as well for the band uh i also like just vocally there's there's a lot of variety on the record i I don't know if they have more than one person singing um but there's a quite a bit of range you know it's can be angsty and and kind of switch on a dime to a you know a really bright layered harmony which is really interesting keeps the songs kind of feeling different enough um you know it reminded me of at times maybe like the posies or even a less metal the wild hearts um just how hooky and melodic and the way the harmonies would work with the riffs in particular. Um, I also heard getting back to that kind of power pop feel or more straight ahead, hard rock with a little bit of punk attitude. You know, you got a bit of like a early Goo Goo Dolls mm-hmm. vibe with like Fix Me. Then the chorus goes to this layered harmony bit that you know, the foof, or I'm sorry, Goo Goo Dolls would never do. Um, so I and I think just overall, there's just a, a really solid interplay between the vocals and the guitars. Melt is a good example where it starts off with this guitar riff that's you know kind of melodic ascending thing, and then the vocal takes over and it, it's similar but not exactly the same. It plays off the idea but goes somewhere different. And then they do a really cool lockup in the chorus where, you know, the, the guitars are almost a harmony of the vocal. You know, they're they're playing a similar, um, even rhythmic part that the vocal is, but it's just awful, you know, offset a little bit, and it gives gives us you know really big dynamic with how tight the guitars and vocals are working together. And I guess the last thing I'd mention, you know, outside of this. Fairly melodic, harmony-driven, you know, riffs, fairly 
hard rock kind of sound. They do take some left turns that get maybe a little experimental, a little noisier. Guitars get washier, more affected. Um, Disposable is a good example where it has a little bit more of a minor vibe. Some of the notes being played reminded me a bit of like some choices failure might make. Um, the song covered a ton of ground vocally with different you know, sort of voices and treatments, but then it cuts to this really clean and poppy chorus that's almost unexpected from being, you know, the verses are, you know, a bit more spacey. Um, and then there, there's, what am I assuming, a shitty song? Uh, track six. Which it's like a, it's like Zeppelin meets failure with harmonies. You know, it's a very like Zeppelin-y kind of guitar riff in the verses. But again, it has a little bit of that, I don't know, odd minor note choices going on that just gives it this extra level. Um, and both of those are, the tempos are a little down, so they're not as quite like pounding in your face, you know. Um, like I mentioned that early Goo Goo Dolls kind of tempo um, where it's just driving chunky rock. So those are some left turns that I thought were pretty cool too, where, you know, they could step out a bit from, from that formula, do something a little bit different and it still worked pretty well. What worked for you? Well, I think the wild hearts is a good starting point for people who maybe aren't sure where to place this record because while the posies is a like for the um harmonies is a good call there's a little bit harder edge to this yeah i i know that the the lead singer has started out in a punk band so you can kind of hear the little bit punkier side as opposed to this being a straight up power pop record which it's not it's it's got a little bit more edge to it and that's what that's where that wild hearts things come in where it's got attitude and it's got great great riffs happening but the thing that pushes it over the edge is are these these vocals and these hooks that are just huge on some of these songs um i was trying to think of uh you know anybody in 93 who was doing anything like this and there really wasn't in the u.s no that was breaking through it sounds and, very very early um for, for the US, like I would have guessed this was a later 90s record. Right. So I can see why it wouldn't have cracked, you know, the US market because of that. Um, but the I think the I think the thing that caught me um with the guitar playing is there is some like replacements Husker Du esque guitar stuff that's happening, like on a song like Fix Me um or on everything like there's some like harder edged 80s hardcore punk sounds that are really fun in the context of these very melodic songs and you know like paul westerberg didn't do layered harmony vocals and that kind of stuff like if they did layered vocals it was almost like for fun yeah it wasn't something that everybody was in tune and they were trying right. whereas here it's kind of like well what if what if you took like three Bob molds <laughs> and layered them on top of each other at different, uh, you know, different harmonies and then uh, had this kick-ass guitar wall behind it. That's kind of what this 
album is at times, which yeah. was not what I was expecting at all. Because you look at the album cover and you're like, this could be like a really weird metal band. This could be an, uh, like a weird industrial, <laughs> you know, right. like yeah. you have no idea looking at that cover that this is going to be crunchy pop punk power pop. Yeah. It's it's it doesn't give anything away. And in a way, if I was flipping through CDs at, you know, the CD bin in 1993, uh, I don't know that I would take a chance on this record because I'm like, I don't know what that is. Like, it's not clear to me what what this album is. Um, so I could see why that wouldn't be a selling point for for some people when they're you know, trying to figure out how to spend their 1799 for that week or whatever and buy a CD. Um, sure. But I, I, I think also think the Goo Goo Dolls call out is very relevant because these are songs that are, are meant for radio, even if radio hadn't caught up with them at this point, like they would catch up, like us would potentially catch up with the Goo Dolls and, but they had to do it through a ballad. Um, <laughs> That's very us. Right. Exactly. Um, and for the Goo Goo Dolls, it was actually like two ballads because first you get Name, yeah, and then there was you know, they had a couple more singles off of Boy Named Goo and Long Way Down did well on the Twister soundtrack, but then it was the Cities of An- City of Angels soundtrack that really relaunched them with uh the second ballad that ended up on Dizzy Up the Girl, and then by Dizzy Up the Girl, they just were like, Well, we're gonna be a pop band now, yeah, and kind of lose any edge whatsoever whereas this has that same feel but you can kind of hear the band going yeah it's poppy but we are not going to back down on the riffs like there's just so much fun guitar stuff happening on this record like you mentioned disposable which is it goes on a little long compared to the rest of the album sure um but still like really cool stuff fix me has it um end of the hall there's just there's all these songs have neat uh combos of of lead guitar work sometimes there's like even like shredding solos and stuff there aren't you know overly indulgently long but there's some stuff thrown in here and like in everything there's some really cool little like transitional parts in that song where they they do that thing where they they stop but when they hit the stops they like change the notes in a really interesting way at like the end of a line so it's not like the the very predictable they're not staying on the note they're like jumping around and i'll 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 sample that what i so you know what i'm talking about
um, I just thought this this sounded like a band kind of hitting their peak to me it, 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 when all is said and done. Like you could tell they had a couple albums in them, and this is very confident songwriting, very confident playing all across the board. Is what what didn't work for you on the record? Yeah, there, there's a few songs here where I felt like they. They sound a bit generic grunge metal. Um, so I'm thinking of Neighborhood Villain is one. Just kind of a lumbering, quiet, loud, dynamic. Vocally, the lines are, you know, kind of drawn out. You know, they're not sharp and super melodic. It's kind of moany and um, it's a little angry sounding it goes from being like angsty and full of energy to like i think at that tempo too it just it starts to feel like grungy angry uh music and then fall is another example um as well where it's kind of a dumb riff i mean it's okay but it's just like a generic sounding riff mid-tempo drawn out vocal like yeah it's just not that sharp, interesting, dynamic, um, melodic, even the harmonies, you know, they're kind of more of like an Alice in Chains kind of harmony where it's like this droney kind of thing, which, you know, Alice in Chains does that. It's awesome. But like, I don't want to hear this band necessarily do that style of right. harmony. Um, Summer Song is a bit, odd too it's it's a little trippy um just just not as compelling from a song standpoint you know if you played those songs on acoustics they would not be that interesting as you know the other whatever eight to nine songs on the record Mm -hmm. so yeah i think there's just some material here that's just pedestrian and not amazing and, and doesn't necessarily fit what they do well Yeah, um, I hit those same ones, to be honest. Yeah. Like, Fall sounds like a band trying to do early 90s Seattle. Yeah. And I guess the last thing would just be like, I think overall the production of this is good. Like, I don't think this sounds like a 93 record. Um, In that it's like the, you know, leftover 80s production. Or it's overly grungy sounding i think it's a it's a good sounding record that still sounds you know relevant now production wise like it's not dated uh 
there is a lot of compression on the guitars. I, I wouldn't mind if they just, you lose some of the dimension of the sound sometimes because they're so compressed. Yeah, you and, lose the bass sometimes because of that. Yeah. It's hard to discern the melodies sometimes. Like it took me a while to really like grab onto some of the melodies. Um, I think the Wild Heart stuff from this a bit too is just like these heavy, like these heavy compressed guitars, they can kind of get in the way of the vocal range. Um and then like the last nitpick would be the drummer is good, but he's kind of got that punk feel to the way he plays. Um and it's not super in the pocket and like really like locked up with the bass in a really like powerful way. Um, it's not distracting. It's just, I wonder what these songs would sound like with a slightly different drummer, uh, mm-hmm. or, you know, drum approach. Um, but those are nitpicks. I think the the biggest, what it doesn't work is just those songs I called out. Anything not work for you? A, a lot of the same stuff. I thought that this band has no business like getting dirgy and yeah. and grungy and even mid tempo at some point is not in their favor like this needs to be in the in the shine melt fix me i mean shitty song is not my favorite from a creativity standpoint lyrically right. but it's a it's still a cool song yeah. um even the lesser album tracks that aren't as you know obvious singles are still really good tracks. Um, but like you mentioned, um, yeah, Summer Song, I, I feel like you mentioned calling it trippy. Like if you're gonna go for something weird to close out the album, then just like go for it. Like really get weird with it. Yeah. And I could have heard them bringing in like a you know, like a whole like bringing a, a Beatles ass corn for that last song or something. Or or just go a little off the rails to to say like we are really messing around on this last one and yeah we're gonna play around and you know hope you enjoy the ride sort of thing because otherwise it just sounds like oh we we got a little bit there but half-hearted yeah it's half-hearted um and I I I didn't feel like there was much uh in the rhythm section that was like making me stand like making my ear catch my ear like it was entirely in the guitars and vocals yeah it's very guitar and vocal forward and part of that just might be the mix i mean a lot of times it was just like the bass was sort of blending in with everything so yep when it does stand out it tends to be on the slower songs and it's not necessarily to its favor yep so that was that was my issue with that yeah, when the tempo slowed down, it puts a lot of pressure. If you don't have either an amazing bass player or drummer and or just not allowing them to do much, right? Um, then it puts more pressure on the guitars and the vocals to do even more. So it's a I think on the faster stuff you get away with that and it all works because the melody's being driven by those two instruments and you're just along with for the hooks. But when you start to slow stuff down and you don't have that bass step forward or those drums step forward to something like super cool. Now you've got holes and you're like, you've drawn out melodies that aren't super hooky and there's a lot of space to fill. Mm-hmm. There is, I have to confess 
so we we were going to do this re- recording like a couple days ago before I got COVID. Um, once I got COVID, I kind of completely forgot what the album was <laughs> like, and I had to re- <laughs> like, re-listen to the whole thing. Yeah. You're like, okay, it's coming back to me now. Because I had listened to it, you know, like two or three times before getting COVID. And then when yeah. COVID hit, it just like, hey, everything you just learned? No, that's, that's going out <laughs> the window. So it was like re- discovering it twice. Um, so let's talk about overall ratings on this record. Worthy album, better EP, or decent single? Where do you land? I'm at a worthy album. I'm going to cut, you know, a couple songs here, ideally. Uh, neighborhood, neighborhood Villain, Fall, and Summer Song. Even with those songs, it's only 45 minutes. So it's, you know, pretty quick listen. Uh, if you trim those out, I think it would be nearly, you know, perfect. A little dose of, of uh, you know, really interesting. But straight, you know, fairly straightforward, accessible, riffy rock with with melodies. I, I agree with you on those picks, and I agree with you as a worthy album. Um, this was not released on vinyl, so this would be this would be something that would be worthy of a I think a vinyl reissue. It's if somebody wanted to, you know, do that, uh, and I think trimming neighborhood villain and fall and summer song is is the right moves because then you i mean you have a really tight nine song just super catchy yeah energetic fun record even though some of these songs have you know like there's some minor stuff happening that's not it's not all major chords and smiles i mean it's there's some yeah yeah, yeah. there's some cool stuff happening that's i think that uh people might get I think the I think the Wild Hearts comparison is the best one where it's yeah. it's got an edge to it. It's not yeah. it's not just syrupy pop. Um, yeah, but it's not overly sweet. Yeah, you will get some, you know, if you you know the parts that feel a little angry, angsty, tough, dark. You know, there's different emotions going on here than just straight up uh, sugar. Now, Kyle Bittner was the original suggester of this and when he wrote in he said canadian power pop with muscular guitars and melodic vocals this would fit in with fans of red cross and seaweed and uh. i don't know if he was just <laughs> trying to start a fight there because he knows our past with seaweed i see the red cross yeah, i do not I like see the, the seaweed cross. comparison i, I kind of get it no <laughs> no nope. that was my frown Go 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 Staying search our archives down. for the seaweed uh, episodes we've done. You'll you'll understand what we're talking about if you haven't heard them. Well, we got to thank Kyle. We also need to thank um, the other folks who made it to the final round: Willie Dillon, Darren Lehman, Richard Waterman, and Patrick Testa, along with Kyle. Congratulations on making it to the final round, and to Kyle for winning the first annual or first monthly. Uh, multi-level tournament we got to come up with that with the the grand master tournament the the uh the live or die tournament something like like that something ultra dramatic you're trying to come up with like an equivalent of march madness for yes for 90s rock monthly madness (laughs) there you go (laughs) 
monthly mayhem. It's monthly mayhem. <laughs> Monster trucks. Truckosaurus. Canada uh, got uh, got month one. Got month one in the books. Hallelujah. Um, if you want to be a part of that, you know, that whole thing, you can suggest an album by going to digmeoutpodcast.com. You go to our suggest an album page and you su- suggest an album there. Uh, just drop it in the form. You know, you put your name in, you, you put the name of the album, the artist, give us a little write up, let us know what, uh, why you're picking it, why you're sending it to us. And then it's going to end up in one of these uh, monthly madness. I don't know. Is that working? Monthly madness polls month, or monthly mayhem month? Monthly, I got, I'm going to work on that. I'll, sh- I'll workshop that with the intern and see what he comes up with. So I'm looking at, we just posted the final for July. I'm not going to say what the bands are. There you mm-hmm. go. But a, uh, another Canadian band could win. Wow. I think Canada is starting to steal the spotlight from Australia because Australia was, you know, hard charging for a long time as, as dominating the non-US picks. We'll see. We got, I don't know where all these bands are from. I see Canada. I see California, Detroit, Chicago. Maybe Minneapolis, but uh, Canada might pull it out again. That's crazy. Shocking. I mean, they did make some music, so <laughs> we should probably check it out up there. And we have, actually, if you look at our we, archives, we we've have. talked about m- many Canadian bands. We're not, yes. we're not ignoring them. We are big fans. You're not being, you're not being ignored, Canada. Uh, also, what cannot be ignored is the Box Newsletter. When you sign up for it, it comes to you every week uh, in the email. Uh, reviews of new releases of uh, 80s and 90s relevant music, TV shows, documentaries, books, usually music. That's what that's what's, you know, that's the thing here. Uh, but if something like Pam and Tommy happens, well, we might talk about it on the on the one minute review. And then uh, you can also check out those reviews by joining us at patreon like uh patrick and taylor did this past uh couple of weeks um go to patreon via dmounion.com or digmeoutunion.com uh sign up vote in our polls join the discord where all the chitter chatter is happening and then last but not least apple podcast is where you go to uh Leave a positive review. Give us some positive feedback, especially if you're Canadian. We're paying a lot of attention to you now. You should give us some love back. Some love. It's, it's bad when I say it like that. That was gross. Sorry. I apologize to all of Canada. Um, <laughs> my voice is going to give out now. I can feel it in my throat. It's like, oh, I'm going to kill you. Um, <laughs> for Jay. I'm Tim, and we're out, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. Just get it over the finish line. Yeah.